You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Morning. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, we're looking at peace this morning. Who doesn't, who doesn't want peace? That's no one, right? See, that's scientific. Everyone wants peace. Everyone here wants peace today. Everyone here wants a sense of stillness, of rest, of tranquility. Who doesn't want it? No one. We all want it. So my question is, if we all want peace and we all desire it, we all long for it, then why don't we have it? Why don't we get it? Why, why is it so hard to obtain in our lives and in our uh, families, in our homes, in our workplaces? How is it so hard to get? And how do we get it? We're going to look at a little bit of what it means um, in Scripture to receive the peace of God, what it means to have it as a fruit of the Spirit grow in you, and like Antley was saying, so that it becomes overwhelming to the point where it blesses others. And in the English language, words, are, uh, words tend to have one or two specific meanings, but in um, the Hebrew, which is from the uh, Old Testament, the word peace, shalom, has all these different kinds of um, meanings. The word shalom, shalom, doesn't just mean what we think of peace. And what we think of peace in English tends to mean like the resolution of conflict, the absence of conflict, right? That's what we think of peace. Peace is the absence of conflict. But in scripture and, and in, um, in the Hebrew, the word shalom means um, far more than that. It has all these different meanings. It means um, completeness. It means um, tranquility. It means harmony. It means prosperity. It means contentment. It means everything being right. Everything being as it should be. That's what shalom means in Scripture. That's what peace means. And so... When we're talking about peace, we're not talking about everything being okay. We're talking about the completeness, the tranquility, the harmony that comes from God and God alone. And I could handle some harmony in my life. I could handle some peace in my life. During the Super Bowl, there was a a commercial, a a Coca-Cola commercial, that I'm pretty sure promised me peace. Um, and so with this question in mind, how do I get peace? I, d- I thought, well, it, well, Coca-Cola. So I drank 24 cans of Coca-Cola, and, um, and apparently a diabetic coma isn't peace. Um, it felt a bit like it, but it wasn't. <laughs> you know, we, you're not going to find peace in this world. You're not going to find it in a commercial, you're not going to find it in the store. It's, it's something that is elusive for us. As we go about our daily lives, as we go about living, we long for it, but yet it feels elusive. And shalom in scripture, this peace, this completeness, is not just used as a word to describe a state. It's also, you know, if you've ever... Um, been around Jewish people or you've been to Israel or whatever, you'll hear it as a greeting all the time, right? Shalom. Peace be with you. Or even when they say goodbye, they say shalom, goodbye. And it's this sense of 
wanting to bless everyone, wanting everyone to be right, wanting everything to be okay, wanting everything to be in harmony, as it should be. That's what peace is. Peace with God, peace with yourself, and peace with the world. And Paul describes it in the, um, in the New Testament as the peace that passes all understanding. So what do I have to do to get some of that in my life? Well, when I think about what stops this, what stops peace occurring in my life? What stops peace happening? What stops this completeness? What makes me stressful? What brings me anxiety? And when I boil it down, the answer is always people. Um, People. Yeah. Basically you. And everyone like you. And you might think to yourself, David, you don't mean all people, do you? You don't, you don't, you don't mean all people. You, you, know, you just mean you know, your enemies or, or you know, people that you, you don't know. or, or you, know, you, you don't mean your family or, or, your, or your friends. I'm like, no, are you kidding me? They're the worst. <laughs> For ruining your peace in your life, they're the worst. They're the ones who wake you up at 5.45 in the morning wanting to watch TV. They're the ones who you know, call you all the time for advice. They're the ones who... You know, leave the cupboard doors open and squeeze the toothpaste from the wrong end. They are the people who cause you most stress. The people you love are the people who often cause you the most stress and anxiety. It should be the other way around, but it isn't. And here's a, I'm going to watch a little video, a little glimpse of um, my life. Um, I broke the sprinkler when I fell out the window there. Um, that's, that's what I do for you, you people. The main problem with, with people is that they very rarely do what we want them to do. And that causes us stress, and that causes us anxiety. So in my mind and in my heart, if everyone did as I wanted them to do, then I would know peace, yes? I would know tranquility. I would know that tasty, tasty shalom. But that's not it. Having everything under control doesn't make you peaceful. It kind of makes you a megalomaniac. Having everything under control doesn't make you peaceful. It makes you a tyrant. Peace is not control. Peace does not come from having everything stable and secure and safe. It does not come from having favorable circumstances. Peace doesn't come from having everything right around you. Our peace cannot be contingent on everything around us being just as we want it to be. Having our conflicts resolved and relationships healed does not lead to peace. Okay, hear that. Having our conflicts resolved... And our relationships healed does not lead to peace. It is, in fact, the other way around. Peace leads to our conflicts being resolved and our relationships restored. That make sense? Jesus, when teaching his disciples, said this in John. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow, sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is giving birth, she is sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human 
being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no, and no one will take your joy from you. And there's another verse. And later on in that same passage, Jesus says this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus isn't messing around with you. He is not letting you believe that everything is going to be just fine in your life. In this world, you will have trouble. By realizing you are not in control of your life, by letting go and understanding that in this world, you will have trouble, it allows you to let him to take over and find peace. In this world, you will have trouble. The Bible in a number of places refers to the people of God as being strangers in a strange land. In the Old Testament and New Testament, a few times it's referred to the people of God as being strangers in a strange land. With this sense that we don't quite fit in, with this sense that there's going to be conflict, with this sense that we belong to somewhere else. And so we're going to have conflict. In this world. Now, I know a little bit about being a stranger in a, in a strange land. Um, a confusing land. Not long after we moved to uh, America, um, from England, we moved to Jacksonville. And um, I saw a poster that said, Jacksonville Tea Party Gathering. And I thought, I thought to myself... Well, that sounds lovely. <laughs> a, a tea party. <laughs> Delightful. I will attend. I will make haste to such tea party on the night. What, what, spiffing? And, and so, you know, very, however you imagine English people talking, that's how I, I did it. And so there was this poster and it was on a Tuesday and so I went along to this tea party gathering on a Tuesday and and. What I found is that y'all don't really know how to do tea parties. It... For a start, there wasn't any tea. And no lapsang, no Darjeeling, no Old Grey. There wasn't any, any tea. And there wasn't any cakes or scones or cucumber sandwiches. Um, so I thought, this isn't a very good tea party. <laughs> this isn't very good at all. Have they not seen Downton Abbey? They, know, they don't know what they're doing. And the first rule of a tea party, the first rule of tea party is don't talk about tea party. The second rule of tea party is don't talk about tea party. But the third rule of tea party is you have to have some tea. And there wasn't. There was just a lot of coffee and a few slightly reactionary political opinions. But apart from that, it was all good. And I was, you know, I made this story up, so it's not actually true. But... But imagine it is. Um, I know a little bit about being a stranger in a strange land. I live in a country where I was not born. I live in a place where I don't recognize a lot of things. And being in the kingdom of God is kind of like that. But not just in the country you live. It's not just when you visit a different country. It's not just when you visit a different city. Being in the kingdom of God, belonging to him, is like being a stranger in a strange land. Always feeling like you're slightly off 
kilter, always feeling like you don't quite fit in, always feeling like things aren't quite right, that there is conflict in this world. In this world, you will have trouble. You are not going to find peace in the world. This is what Jesus is telling you. In this world, you will have trouble. You are going to experience conflict. You are going to experience pain and grief in your workplace, in the city, in your family. In this world, you will have trouble. But what then does Jesus say? But I have overcome the world. Our peace will only be found in him. The resolution to our conflicts is only found in him. Not taking control, not making everything right, but found in him. Because Jesus himself is our peace. So it is as we position ourselves to receive Jesus, it's as we position ourselves to receive his Holy Spirit, that the depth of that shalom can come and heal us and bring peace and contentment and completeness to us. Fixing our brokenness, soothing our fears, healing our pain, healing our disappointments. The trouble we experience in life is primarily not out there, but it's in here. In our broken worlds, in our broken inner worlds, we will have trouble, but he has overcome. And when we say yes to the Holy Spirit, when we say yes to his shalom peace, we say that he is our peace and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He grows that fruit of peace in us, growing completeness and tranquility and harmony on the inside, fixing our brokenness, healing our pain. You see, Jesus doesn't just have the power to calm the storm. He has the power, he has the peace to sleep through it too. He doesn't just have the power to calm the storm. He has the peace to sleep through it too. Right? How do you pray when you pray? I know more often than not when I pray, I'm praying, Lord, fix this. Lord, Lord, resolve this. Lord, sort this out for me. Do something with that person. They really need it. You know, like that's how I tend to pray. Lord, fix things for me. Lord, fix things for me. I'm asking God to bring pre- I'm asking God to bring peace to the world, but not asking Him to bring peace to me. Lord, deal with me first. Lord, calm my spirit. Lord, draw me close to you. Still the storm within. We are not meant to wait for our circumstances and conflicts to resolve so we can find peace. But we are made to become so overwhelmed and overflowing with the peace of God, which is his spirit, that it is us who brings restoration to our circumstances and resolution to our conflicts. We are to be the peacemakers. As we carry the presence of God into our homes, into our schools and into our workplaces, as we are people who... The Holy Spirit inhabits. The peace of God lives within. 
the fruit of peace is growing in us. As we carry that into our lives and into our worlds, we become the peace that the world is seeking. We become the deep wells of stillness that bring health and healing to relationships and help resolve conflicts. In James 3, it says this, A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The peace we carry, the peace we sow into this world is his shalom. We carry his goodness into the world. We carry his hope where there is none. We sow his prosperity so others may flourish. We bring his completeness his shalom. That is who we are made to be, carriers overflowing with this peace. Look around the room. Imagine this. Imagine a people so at peace with God and with themselves and with the world, so healed and forgiven and restored, so full of his love and his peace, and then sent out into the world sent out into Jacksonville to bring his peace, his presence, to a people who so desperately need it, who long for it. We, the people of River City Church, we carry the peace and prosperity of our city. God has entrusted it to us. God's plan for Jacksonville is you. God's plan for peace in Jacksonville and the world is you. God's plan for peace in your home is you. Not to take control, but to bring his peace, to carry his peace, to overflow with his peace, his shalom. How do we get it? How do we acquire it? How do we find this peace that is so elusive in our world? You can't get it. You have to receive it. It has to be given. It has to be grown. And it begins by saying yes to his Holy Spirit today. That's how it begins. That's how you find peace. That's how you find contentment. That's how the storms inside are calmed. Why don't we stand? So before we invite you forward for ministry, let's just pray. Let's just wait. Let's just ask him to bring his peace to us, to still us. To bring that shalom, that complete peace to our beings, to our restless hearts. Come Holy Spirit.